You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. He's good. Look at your neighbor and say, he's good. I want you to do me a favor. Turn your Bible out to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. Put a finger there because we're going to get to it in just a moment. This morning, we have been speaking and we've been talking about, over the past few weeks, about what in the world are they thinking. It's a series about the crazy stuff that people did in the Bible. And we have been talking about this word crazy and how this word crazy that you will find this thing highly associated with a whole lot of stories in the Bible. You will see this story happen time and time again when it's an impossible situation and people cry out to the Lord and the Lord shows up in power. But when he shows up in power, he usually attaches his power to asking them to do something that is kind of crazy. Crazy is defined as something as bizarre. It's unusual. Understand that there can be moments in time when you'll read the Word of God, even as we talked about last week and the week before, whenever the bush was on fire, and the Lord says, come to the bush. And Moses is like going, hello, come on somebody. Take my shoes off and go. Ugh. Whenever they're walking around the walls of Jericho, how that whenever God has something, when you reach out to the Lord, the Lord many times puts you in a position where that you have to do something that is unusual to many people when they are looking at you. But out of that, God bursts something amazing. And I begin to ask you over the past few weeks, and that is this, maybe... We need to transform that word that we call crazy into a word that just means this, that they have trusted, that they are trusting the Lord. It's one thing to be able to say that somebody is crazy, that somebody's lost their mind because they're trusting the Lord. Maybe could it be that they have, God has revealed something in their lives that is causing them to act in a way that you don't understand because of one reason. You have not had the revelation that they have. You have not had the revelation that they have. Realize, brother and sister, understand that whenever God starts working you and God starts doing things in you, there will be moments and there will be times that you may think, my God, it's, this is, what in the world? Why are people acting this way or whatever? And you may not understand it, but when you begin to talk to them about it and you begin to hear what God is showing them and what God is doing in them, you're like going, oh, I get it. But at the moment, you're like going, they've lost their ever-loving mind. And the Lord says, no, I'm just showing them something that you have not been shown yet. Turn out to understand something, that you will find this throughout Scripture. That sometimes what we see as crazy is nothing more than them trusting the Lord to do something that you just can't be able to understand yet. 
Their actions are nothing more than just trust in a God that has been revealing Himself to them. And so sometimes crazy is the only way you can describe what they are doing for God. So understand this in Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. Listen to what the Word of God says. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And as is written, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 and 2. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained what? A good testimony. You want to receive a good testimony? You want to receive something that God is doing in your life? Recognize this. There will be moments of faith that you will have to exert. To be able to be what God has called you to be. Now, this morning as we begin to move now into something different, I want you to realize something. Brother and sister, if you want to move forward in the things of God, there will be moments when you must exert faith. When you must be willing to be a little unusual because what God is beginning to work in you. That you will, when everything else around you is going wrong, yet you can be happy, you can still have joy. Why? Because God is doing something in you that nobody else sees. So this morning I want to take us and I want us to examine this story in 1 Kings chapter 17 beginning in verse 8. And I want to ask, Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Listen to that. I have commanded there a widow to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little cup of water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar, and see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Listen to what he says in verse 13. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. Catch this. Go on and make yourself a cake. But make a small cake from it first and bring it to me. Lord have mercy. And afterwards, make some for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. Let me just, this morning I want to preach for the next few moments. You want me to do what with my pancakes? This morning... Realize what is going on in this passage of Scripture. The Lord is providing Elijah with a place of provision. Understand what has happened in the last few moments. 
Here in 1 Kings chapter 17, he, if you want to read a crazy story, read what happens. Because here we find in 1 Kings, Elisha just shows up at King Ahab's place and says, King Ahab, according to my word, there will not rain fall from heaven until I say it does. Now, from way that you read between the lines, King Ahab was probably just like anybody else. Now, when he looked at Elijah and he said, whatever, he kind of thought that he had lost his mind. Like he was a little, you know, a couple of chicken nuggets short of a chicken nugget happy meal, okay? He's just a little, just, you know, something's not right with him. So what does he do? He just kind of dismisses them. The problem is this. A week later, two weeks later, a month later, three months later, six months later, sometime down the road, King Ahab is like, that dude is causing all this problem. He finally comes to the realization that Elijah must have been a prophet from God or something was about him because guess what? It has not rained. And he says, if it hasn't rained yet, and he says it's by his word, Y'all go find him. So they send out the army to go find Elijah. They are searching everywhere to find him. But understand this. The Lord knew what was going on. And guess what he did? He sent him to a place in 1 Kings 17 called the Brook Cherith. It was a brook so that he could have water to drink. And guess how he was fed? I'm not sure exactly if that's how a raven sounds, but anyway. But close enough. So understand, he gets to the brook Cherith, and when he gets there, guess what happens? He gets something to drink. He's like, going, man, Lord, I'm hungry. And all of a sudden, he comes in with a turkey leg. Hey, man, this is pretty awesome. Comes in, all of a sudden he's like, man. Here's a donkey tenderloin. My Lord have mercy. I'm not sure what the, yeah, whatever. He's having all kinds of stuff. He's like going, man, this is awesome. I'm, they're flying in all kinds. You want to talk about FedEx. FedEx ain't got nothing on Raven X. I'm telling you. Because the Lord had provided him. You thought Amazon had the very first idea of sending you stuff in the mail? No, 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 no. The Lord had this already figured out. So he comes every day and he gets down and he drinks in the brook chair. And he says, Lord, I wonder what I'm going to have for breakfast. And pancakes come flying in. Thank you. Hallelujah. Lunch. Big old turkey leg pops down. For dinner, who knows? Comes flying in with some kind of, I don't know, donkey etouffee. I don't know. Uh. Those Cajun, never mind. Uh, so he comes into a position where that he is being provided for. But now all of a sudden, look what begins to happen. The very thing that the Lord told Elijah to do and to say, rain is going to stop by my word. You know what begins to happen? It begins to affect him. Let me just share some with you very, very quickly this morning. There will come times in your life where the very thing that God has given you to be able to work 
will sometimes affect you in a negative way. Let me say that again. There will come times in your life that the gifting that God has given you and the word that God has given you to be able to speak will sometimes cause you problems. How many of you have had this problem when you go and talk to somebody about, about the Lord in your family and they get upset at you and they just kind of just kind of started just kind of avoiding you? When God starts doing things in your life and people are like going, well, they just kind of like, there will be moments in time that the very thing that God is doing in you will begin to cause issue in your life. And in this moment, it was Elijah. Elijah had, stopped, had called and stopped the rain. And when he had stopped the rain, the brook Cherith that is now supplying him with water begins to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And eventually, it dries up. Whenever you begin to come to a position that the, that the brook begins to dry up, slowly but surely, the Lord then comes to Elijah and just says this. Elijah, I'm sending you to Zarephath because there's a woman there, a widow woman, that I am going to command to be able to provide for you. So Elijah's like, "Woo, come on, somebody. I'm moving. I'm going to take myself on down to wherever he's at. Now understand, brother and sister, God of the provision of the brook Cherith is now in a place that he is telling Elijah, you're about to go to another place, and there you're going to provide for her. Understand this. God is a God that is able to put you in places of provision to be able to keep you in difficult times. But understand this. There will be seasons when the place of provision moves. Come on, somebody. Realize this. There will be times in your life where God is providing for you. And all of a sudden, the Lord, in the middle of what you are being called to do, and you are doing it, that the Lord begins to say, Hey, I'm beginning to do something different now. I, what I have provided now is beginning to dry up, and I'm about to provide something new for you. Now, realize something, brother and sister. Realize this. They are still flowing he is still doing what God has called him to do there will be seasons whenever you are like God is like going goosh and he is just like pouring blessing in your life and you're like going yes this is awesome and ravens are coming all the time and you're like going awesome this is amazing God is blessing God is doing God is working and you're like wow thank you Jesus and all of a sudden it begins to dry up and you're like Hello? 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 And the Lord just says, I'm going to provide for you, but you better get to a position where that I, you can be able to hear the voice of the Lord whenever He begins to move you so that you can be able to realize there is a journey that's coming. God is working something in you. 
But just because the ravens are no longer does not mean that God has forgotten about you. Okay? Let me tell you something. Do not put yourself in that position. Do not allow the enemy to talk to you that way anymore. Do not allow the enemy to come into a position where that he will constantly lie to you and say, you know what? You know what? No, no. God has forgotten you. God has forgotten you. Don't worry about God. He's no, nowhere near either. He's left you out there. You're starving. He has nothing for you. Can I just say something? Yes, He knows where you're at. The only thing that He's doing is He's changing your place of provision. Oh, Jesus. You are still being used. You are still in a place where God is using you. You are still in a place where God is working in you. But yet God is saying this. I use, I provided for you this way. But now I'm about to provide for you this way. I am, oh Jesus brother, come on, mm, Jesus. Realize this, there will be moments in your life where God will say this. He will say, here you go. Here you go. Here's a raven. And you're like, I'm here. And you're like going, woo, yes, yes, yes. More, 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 more. But there will be other seasons where the Lord says, uh-uh, I've provided for you enough. Now I'm calling you to be able to do something for your own provision. And this is where a whole lot of folks don't like it. Because we're like going, but Lord, the raven was so nice. And you're like, well, I, I want to go back to the. And like the Lord is like going, you, hopefully you enjoyed the. Because now I'm calling you to be able to now begin to work. And for you to be able to begin to put action to what I've already done. So that I can be able to not just extend provision to you, but to somebody else. You understand something? The raven was only providing for Elijah. Okay? Let me tell you something. You can be a selfish Christian just like anybody else. Let me tell you, how is that? I want something. Me, 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 me. I'm that pastor. He didn't talk to me. He should come and shook my hand. Why didn't he shake my hand? Well, all of a sudden, do you realize that maybe the pastor's having to deal with somebody that's brokenhearted, that has something going on in their life, and their time is needed there. His time is not needed to be able to placate and to be able to pacify you. Why? Oh, Jesus. Because the Lord has sent me to a raven as a raven to somebody that needs it. And the Lord is saying this. You can't stay at Brook Cherith all your life. You're going to have to finally come to a place that you say, Lord, I'm on my way to Zarephath. And yes, it's going to be a journey, but you're going to provide for me. But when I get there, I'm going to be able to provide for somebody as well. What's better than the Lord providing for Elijah? Than the Lord providing for Elijah, a widow, and a son. Guess what's happened? When Elijah gets to Zarephath, some stuff begins to happen. And you may say, 
Pastor, I don't understand. I, I, I like the thing. I like it. I like it when God does these things. But understand this. Whenever you are in this position, you just have to understand this. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. I want to just put this in. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him. And what? He will direct your path. Your path to Zarephath, God will lead you to be able to know this is who I'm calling you to. This is the person I'm calling for you to minister to. This is the individual that I'm beginning to do in your life. And realize what begins to happen. When he gets to the, whenever, whenever he gets to Zarephath, and he comes to Zarephath, he meets a widow woman. Now, the widow woman comes to this place. She's not a widow yet, but she's, you know. But. Now, what begins to happen is this. The widow is in a position where that she has provision. Let me just show you this real quick. She has the making of provision. Okay? She's got the meal. She's got the oil. You mix it all together with fire, and you have a cake. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. You have something of provision. But guess what? The widow's, oops, the widow's source was running low. Okay, now catch this. Now realize this. Elijah just came from a place where his source is still running unlimited. That source was the Lord. The Lord's the one that sent the ravens. But the provision had run out. But his source had sent him to another place. When he gets to Zarephath, her source was running out, but she had enough provision for the moment. Understand something. There will be times when you show up in people's lives that you will have, you will look and you will say, only I got is the Lord. Because the Lord's working in me, and I can't tell you, I, he's, he's doing something, and I can't really put my finger on it. But the Lord has told me to come here. And you're like. And she looks at you and you're, she's like, I got this. And they usually come with the story. That story of being heartbreak. The story of being hurt. A story of having this go wrong. This go wrong. That go wrong. A story of all kinds of breaking. A story that is terrible sometimes to be able to hear. But sometimes they have just enough. That they're saying, I'm at the end of my rope, and this is all that I have. This is everything that I have. But understand this, the Lord had brought Elijah from a place and said this, Elijah, I, and, and understand what he says in verse 6, when he says, or in verse 7, when he says, I've commanded the widow to provide for you. Elijah gets there and says, make me a cake, and he, she's going, what you talking about, you fool? I got just enough for myself and my son. Well, then, what happened to the command? I'll tell you what happened to the command. Elijah showed up as not only the person that was, was the commandment of the Lord, but also was the instrument of catalyst for her to be able to be changed. Elijah shows up 
And in this moment, when she's like, look at what I have. I don't have anything. This is, I'm about to make the last cake before we die. This is all the provision that I have. And Elijah comes walking up in there and he says this. Lady, I'm telling you, make yourself a cake, but make mine first. Make one for you, make one for your son, but make one for me first. First. Realize what's happening here. Elijah comes as the commandment of the Lord that says, the Lord has told me, guess what? He's going to provide for you, and he's going to provide for me. From this, if you'll just act on what I'm telling you to do. How crazy is that? How crazy is it for you as the, as the man of God to walk up to a lady that's making her pa last pancakes before she dies and look at her and go, yeah, go ahead. Make one for you and your son. Make them. Make mine first, though. She be, he better be lucky that that was not my wife. Because my wife would come after me with a rolling pin. Kaboom! What's wrong with you, boy? Elijah was taking his own life into his hand. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. But Elijah had a revelation from the Lord that said, She is going to provide for you. And when he gets there, he realizes this. That she will not only provide for him, but he has come as the thing that will change her life so that God can provide for her. You understand, brothers and sisters? Let me just share this with you very, very quickly. Understand this. God is able to use you in times and in seasons whenever you are at a place where your provision is low, but yet your source is unlimited. Let me say that again. God is able to use you whenever your sources or your provision is low because your source is unlimited. Elijah, he didn't have nothing. It almost reminds me of Peter and John in Acts chapter 3 whenever the man at the gate said that, we had, was, that had palsy looked up and said, and says, can I have alms to be able to give to me? But, yet, but Peter looked at him and says, silver and gold have I not. I have limited resources. I can't give you money, but what I have is an unlimited God, and I can give you that unlimited. And he grabbed him by the hand, pulled him up, and said, Be healed. And he was healed. The problem is this we've come to a place that we have limited God because of where our provision is. But let me share some with you God is not limited by your provision. He is limited by you limiting him. But he sent me to tell you this morning that the provision of God is unlimited. And when you step in faith to be able to say, Lord, I don't know why this season where it seems like that it's just in all kinds of turmoil and all kinds of problems, but yet in the middle of this season, I know 
that you are that you have called me to a place and you've called me to this work and you have called me to do this so in the midst of me being called to do this i will trust in an unlimited provider that is able to bless me in the midst of my limited provision and allow me to touch somebody else in the midst of it. Problem is, too many of us, when we get into a place that we feel like that, that stuff is going on and the raven is, is no longer in a position that it's coming to us anymore, all of a sudden we'll all get kind of happy and go, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do it. Is God even here? Is God? Is God? And just all of a sudden, we begin to break down because the ravens stopped coming. The reason why the ravens stopped coming is God is not trying to break you down. He's trying to get you jump-started into moving into a new place and a new plateau of what God has called you to be. What good are you to the Lord and to the kingdom of God if you are bound to a brook cherith all the time? That means you've got to stay there. I wonder how many people in church today are in a position where that we are constantly just stuck at Brook Cherith going, Lord, where's that raven? We get bitter from it. I know people, man, they got bitter with God. done dried up raven stopped coming what's wrong God where are you at Lord and the Lord the entire time has been saying go to Zarephath go to Zarephath Lord no I ain't going to Zarephath I'm going to stay right here bring the raven go to Zarephath go to Zarephath Go to Zareb. No, Lord, I'm going to stay right here. Well, if you stay right there, you will dry up with your walk with the Lord. And you will never be able to reach anybody. If you are looking for perfect circumstances for you to touch somebody for the kingdom of God, then you will never touch anybody. Your family will never get saved if that's the way that it is. The person that you work beside will never have a change in their life if you don't ever come to that position. Because understand this, God is bigger than the brook Cherith. He is the one that provided for brook, for Elijah the brook Cherith. And now he's saying this, I am big enough to not just provide for you by yourself, but if you will walk in faith, I will provide for you, Elijah, and I will also provide for the widow and the son if they will just operate in faith. So you know what she did? She did something that's crazy. Before she got to her or her child, you know what she did? She made a pancake. And she took it to the man of God. When she took it to the man of God, you know what she did? She did something that was crazy to everybody else around her. Her son is going, that's my pancake. That's my pancake. Can I just share you something? 
there will be moments that your son, that your daughter, that your family will look at you and go, you have, they have ever loved and lost their mind. But realize this. The Lord said this. If you will bring that to me first, your limited provision will be touched by an unlimited God and your oil will never run dry and your meal will never run out until the drought ends. And she acted in faith. This morning, can I share some with you that there is power when you put first things first. I want you to take your Bible. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Listen to what this word of God says. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. In other words, people outside the household of faith is really what he's talking about here. That's what they seek after. They want their pancake first. Okay? They want their pancake first. Listen to what the Lord says. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He knows you need something to wear. He knows you need something to drink. And He knows that you need something to eat. He knows that you need all this stuff. He knows all the stuff that you are in need of in your life. He knows you need the house. He knows you need the car. He knows you need all this other stuff. But listen to what he says here in verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. It goes right back to what the widow did. The widow come to a position that he says, I'm going to give to the Lord First, and then I will give to my son and to me. Jesus. I'm going to give to the Lord first, and then I will make for myself. Brother and sister, understand something. There is power in priorities. There is power whenever you choose to put the Lord first in your life. Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 19. I'm about to dig for just a moment. I want you to catch this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, listen to what he says. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me tell you something. You know why some of us have so much problem living for the Lord? It's because we want our pancake before we'll ever give it to the Lord. Okay? My treasure is my pancake. My treasure is this. And when the Lord says, give, it, give, give to me first, we're like going, give me my pancake. Give me my pancake. 
Don't take my pencils. Don't put your grubby fingers on my pencils. This is my pencils. But you know what you have just done? What you have just done, and that is this. You have made your pancakes your first priority. Okay? Your pancake becomes your world. Your pancake becomes the thing that you are doing, that you are going after. It becomes that thing. Realize this, brother and sister. Whenever you're starting to talk about this through these passages of Scripture, he's dealing not with just treasure. He's not dealing just with monetary stuff. He's dealing with your priority. He's dealing with what you will do for the Lord first. Because where your treasure is, what you give first is the thing that you value. Ooh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I remember back in the day when we used to have service on Thursday nights. Back in the day when I was a kid. I hated Thursday night church. Hated it. Hated it. You know why? Buck Rogers was on on Thursday night. Now, some of y'all have no idea what Buck Rogers was, but it was a sci-fi television show. And it was all in the on. It was space combat. And I was like, oh, how I wanted to watch Buck Rogers. Didn't get a chance to. Why? We had church on Thursday night. I was bitter. Guess what? One of the most happiest days was whenever we moved church from Thursday night to Wednesday night. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Buck Rogers, here I come. Guess what? They canceled it, devil. Man, it's terrible. It affected my attitude. Why? Because, listen, God wasn't the thing I was putting first. It's Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers had my pancake. Okay, It was the thing that I was prioritizing. So that's where my treasure was. Guess what? God couldn't do what he wanted me to do on Thursday night. You know why? Because I was watching the time. Dear God, Buck Rogers is coming on. I could be home watching Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers is going off. If I was lucky, we may get home just for me to watch the end credits. Torture. Terrible. How much of this stuff do we come in a position where the Lord just says, hey, if you will give, I want to be able to provide for you. I want to bless you. I want to do things in your life, but I can't do things in your life without you first putting me first. Listen to what he says in verse 22. Listen to this. I, I know I just dropped the plow on and some of you are just like, well, listen, listen to what he says. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You know what he just said? He said this, and that is the thing that you're watching, the things that you're prioritizing to be able to put your eyes on, to listen to, to allow you to intake and experience if those are the things that you're putting first, guess what? What you prioritize is what you become. Oh, 
Is it okay if I get real for just a moment? Y'all don't get mad at me? Let me tell you something, brother. There are no kids here. For just real quick, let me just be real for you real quick. Don't you dare turn up there and talk about, oh, Lord, I just, I, I don't know how I had sex with that girl, that boy. I don't know. Oh, God, I don't know. Well, let me tell you something. If you are in a position where you are constantly thinking about it, constantly consuming it, constantly in a position where that you are constantly dwelling on it, you're watching it in movies, you're hearing it all the time, you're thinking about it all the time, guess what? You get in a compromising position, guess what happens? Birds and the bees happen. Realize something, brother and sister. You want to know what becomes your first line of defense? Because every single one of us, when you date somebody or you us, there will be that moment that it could, it could be compromising. Well, what allows you to be able to walk in integrity? Your last line of defense becomes whatever it is that you prioritize. Because whenever you are focusing on good things, and you have been feeding your mind with good stuff. When you have those moments, it gives you pause. Why? Because your body's been filled with light and your priorities is something that's beyond that. Okay? That's how you overcome temptation. Okay? You overcome temptation how? Because of how that you have been prioritizing before you ever get there. I found that in my own life. That is, you want to know how you live for God, how you change your life, how you're able to walk away from all kinds of mess, and that is this, what you put in is what you get out. You put in garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. You're going to serve a limiting God by saying, God, you can have this, but you can't have that. Guess what? You will have a make and shift kind of relationship with the Lord. Why? Because you haven't given Him everything. Provision. He wants to provide. Now look at verse 24. Listen to this. No one can serve two masters. You can't give the first to one person and then turn around and give the first to another person. It's either first or second. You can't do both. First. No. You can't do that. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. You know what mammon is? It's talking about money. Talking about possessions. You know what he's truly saying? And that is this. You can't serve two masters. And whenever Elijah says this to the widow woman, make me a cake first, she passes it to him. What she is saying is this. Will you, Elijah's asking the widow woman, will you put the Lord first? And if you will put the Lord first, it may be crazy. But the Lord will work in you. He will work for you. He will work in you. You know what the Word of God says? That the oil in verse 15 and 16 of 1 Kings 17, that the oil in the bucket and the meal in the barrel did not fail. The question is this, did it go all the way to the top? No. 
did the meal all of a sudden expand and go all the way to the top of the bucket? No. You know what it was? Every day, she looked down into the same little bit. She scraped it together, and she made cakes for everybody. She went to the next day, and she looked down in the barrel, and she goes, hardly nothing there. Scraped something together, put it on the grill, and everybody ate. The next day, she looked down and she was like, scraped off the bottom one more time, made enough. The next day, she looked down, had enough in the barrel and put it down. Every day when she looked at it with her natural eyes, she said, we're all going to die. But because she put God first, when there was little, God allowed the little to be more than enough for them. Can I just share this with you, brother and sister? You may be looking at little, but just because it is a little does not mean that it cannot be more than enough for you. Let me say that again. Just because you are looking at little does not mean that little cannot be more than enough for you. But Tim, I just don't have the strength. I just, every time I look at myself, I just don't have the strength to be what God's called me to be. Can I tell you something, brother and sister? That little bit of strength is more than enough than what you need to be able to be what God's called you to be. Why? He says this. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, Be thou removed, and it will be removed. It don't take a lot. It just takes a little when you put God first. See, some of us, the enemy has so twisted our minds where that we look at little and we go, I'm defeated. But the Lord says, look at little. And because you know an unlimited, unlimited provider, I can be able to touch you in the midst of your little. And your little becomes more than enough. Just realize this. They only had enough for two cakes. But day after day, God made it enough for three. Just because you have a little doesn't mean that God cannot bless the other ones with it. Can I just tell you something else, brother and sister? This works, and I wish I had a little bit more time, but I don't. I'm quitting right now. Come on up to the musicians. Musicians, come on up. Can I share this with you? This works not just in an isolated area. It works in our lives when we put God first. It also works in our money. Now, just because I said I'm finishing up doesn't mean that you can start looking around and start. Once you get your bring your eyes right here for just another second. It works with our money. You say, Pastor Tim, I only got a little, and it, I got to stretch it far. Can I tell you something? The Word of God says, look at look it up in Malachi chapter three. Look at verses six through. 12, something like that. And the Word of God says this, you've robbed me because you haven't given. But if you will give your tithe into the storehouse, it says this, I'll bless you. I'll open up the windows of heaven and bless you. What is a tithe? The tithe is this, the first. Okay? It's the first fruit. That first 10% right there. It's the Lord's. And the Lord says this, if you will give unto me first, 
I will bless everything else behind it. It also works with your time. But damn, I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do this. You know, there's a family. Oh, Jesus. There's a family that they told me they had been coming and his schedule got messed up and everything else. And he told me, he said, Pastor Tim, I just, they've been missing and everything else. And, they, and I went to him, I said, man, what's going on? He said, Pastor Tim, I just, my, my schedule's just so mixed up. I just, Sunday's my only day off that we have with the family. It's the only day that we can be able to cut the grass. It's the only day that we can be able to do this. It's the only day that we can be able to do this. It's the only day we can be able to do this. And I told him, I said this. I said, I know it's not ideal, but let me tell you this. If you will just give the Lord your time, the Lord will bless the rest of us. They have had problems in their family for years. Their, their kids are now teenagers now. All kinds of problems. And they're like, Pastor Tim, I need you to pray for so-and-so, and I want so much to say, I'll pray for him, but I want to say, but if you would have given your time to begin with, that what God could not have done with establishing of, mm, the law of God in their hearts. It works in our time. If you'll give God the first fruit of your time in the morning, He'll give you the rest of the day. He'll bless you all day long. If you will give God the first in your relationship, oh, Brother Tim, you just don't understand. I love him, and he loves me. Ooh. Can I tell you something? There will come a day that the ooh will turn into ooh. give your time to the Lord and your life to the Lord and and in that middle of that relationship, can I tell you what will happen? The Lord will make sure that if the wrong guy or the wrong girl is in your life that he will let you know it to move on to somebody else before you'll ever get to the ooh. Whenever you give the Lord your time at the very beginning, your money your life, your everything. The Lord blesses you after that. Man, you want to be blessed? Read Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14. I wish I had time to read it, but I don't. Put up the first two verses. Let me read the first two verses. Let me catch you this. Look at this. Verse two, 1 and 2, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now it shall come to pass... If you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe all of His commandments. So in other words, what is He saying? If you'll just put me first. If you'll put me first. My relationship with you. If you'll put it first. He says this. That the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Look at verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And for the next 12 verses, he begins to talk about blessings, where he blesses you in the field, where he blesses you in your cabinets when you're fixing food, when he blesses your children, when he blesses you on the battlefield, when he blesses the people you work for because of you, that he blesses the source of your income. You want to talk about amazing? 
Woo, Lord have mercy. He'll make you want to buck and shout all day long. Because he is the God of your provision. If you just give him your pancakes. First pancake. You can have the second one. You can have the third one. ask you for the next few moments. Don't, please don't leave. Please don't leave. I want us to make this moment between us and the Lord. Give him your time for a few more moments. He'll do it. Father, in the name of Jesus. Dear God, Lord, I thank you, Lord. For this morning, we can be able to come to you. and, Lord Jesus, it is your desire to want to be able to bless us. It is your desire, dear God, Lord, to work in our lives. To bless people around us. To be the answer for other people because of what you're doing in us. Dear God, that is only able to happen when we put you first. So dear God, in the name of Jesus right now, dear God, I pray, Lord, that you will bless us. this morning just a moment this is what I want us to be able to do I, I want us to take just a few moments this morning I'm going to call us down we're going to take a moment we're just going to stand here in this around this area we're just going to come to the Lord and we're just going to say Lord I'm going to give you the first of my pancakes this morning I'm going to I want you to be first and then there's a few specific things that the Lord is, wants me to pray with you about this morning. And I want to be able to do that. This morning, before we do anything else, dear Pastor Tim, I want to be able, I want to put the Lord first in my life. I may not have done it in the past, but I want to do it in the future. I want to put the Lord first. And right now, I'm recommitting myself to put him first. There's some situations and some things in my life that has been keeping me. I felt like that I'm like that widow woman where that I have, Lord, so little. But God, you want to be able to touch it because I will just put you first. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor Tim.